0: Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You Cafe. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I wanted to hear from you listeners on last week's question and discussion. Last week's podcast, when CQ, Michael Carasquillo and I discussed the question, how do we not allow a traumatic event to take over our mind? We received a number of responses that further deepen dialogue. Joining us today on the Get to Know You Cafe is Simone from an upcoming podcast. Welcome back, Simone. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming back. So earlier you were given the topic from last week's podcast to reflect, and you've also listened to the episode. Prior to listening to the different responses, what are your thoughts on the discussion? Um, so I actually...
1: Like drafted so many notes on this. <laughs> so I great! Like, I love that. I mean, for one, when it comes to um, when it comes to trauma, I remember he was talking about being a comedian, and one of my friends in college said um, that comedians, if you ever notice, the most traumatic people make the best comedians. And I remember when he said that and I was like, wait, what? He I asked him, what are you talking about? He said, most of the comedians have gone through some sort of trauma that has sparked this zest to make people laugh as a means to, I guess, alleviate the hurt that they're feeling. And um, I think Tiffany Haddish, I mean, I I don't listen to her, but I know that she's like this comedian and I've heard her story and I believe she, she was... Um, her mother was making like a good amount of money. And then her mother got into an accident. She was in the car with her, which caused her mother to be um, disabled. And then afterwards she was jumping from foster care, foster home to foster home, you know, and having to really find herself. And she said over time um, she would just start saying stuff and it would make people laugh. And she said, she just wants to, she just wants to make people laugh. Over time, and that was her objective in life. So now I think she, um, you know, she's in all sorts of movies. I don't think she got her big break until she was in her late thirties. Maybe I'm not Ooh. sure because she's forty years old now. So, oh, really? Yeah, I think she, she just like in her
0: twenties. I don't know why. But... No, I know <laughs> she just turned forty. <laughs> oh
1: wow! I know. I was like, wait a minute, what? So this woman's forty? Yeah, she was. I think she had a. She had a black mitzvah, is what she called it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was something like that, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. When I learned about her story, I thought to myself, you know, I said, I said, it's so interesting how some people are able to turn that trauma into comedy as a means, and it's a therapy. It's a sense of therapy for mm-hmm. them
0: absolutely it seems like yeah that's what um cq was saying that a lot of it it became like a you know he was doing it in his childhood and then he he started doing it you know in the war and it's like well what else are you going to do like you need to feel that joy you want to feel that you want to feel good and a good way Mm -hmm. to feel good is to crack a joke and have that you know few seconds (laughs) a few minutes of that joy that you feel and um yeah so interesting how he kind of lost that uh, for a period of time, and then he had to regain it back again. So, yeah, absolutely. I think I think a lot of people, a fair point that what your friend made. I reckon a lot of people who have a lot of traumas make or end up trying to kind of shifting into comedy, like they want to make. It's like a, 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 I think too, because cracking a joke really mm-hmm. gives you a real natural kick of mm-hmm. joy very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If it's a good joke, it I does. Know.
1: It <laughs> does. I mean, it does. It can if you're. If you're able, I guess if you're able to just and those type of people are typically the most honest because mm. they probably I've noticed that about them. These people who have been through hell and high water typically do not have a filter and it and they do not try and go out of the way to offend people. They're really just trying to make light of several difficult situations and because they've been through so much, it's like you know what, I'm just gonna say whatever is on my mind and I'm just not gonna care what people think because when you've gone outside of the bounds of what a normal life is there's you don't have um you don't have any sort of net you're not limited at all no, you know that's a great point that's how my fa- that's what my father's like my father does not have a filter and to me he's funny to many other people they find him funny my father However, just to him, he just thinks, I'm just being an honest person. I'm not Mm. trying to be funny. But what he says is funny. But he had a very traumatic childhood full of sexual and verbal abuse. And so because, you know, he's not afraid of death. He has said that multiple times. Like, I'm not afraid of death. If I die today or tomorrow, then it just happens. Um, But he's definitely grateful to be living another life. But without hesitation he will be 100% honest with someone without being offensive
0: yeah exactly that's the key (laughs) here I like that that's very true like people who have been outside of that normal kind of life there's no normal but in extremes of yeah of of pain and things like that they tend to be able to as you said like come back into the normal Mm -hmm. and like nothing really like can be can still be honest but you know not offensive and it's still like they're very genuine and able to Mm -hmm. really you know you know um resonate with a lot of people
1: mm-hmm. I th- and that is the thing i think be- because they've been through so much they are just like you said able to relate to different people within society especially when you've been to the bottom it's like okay i've i've already hit that you know that field i've already been there i yeah. need to go i need to go somewhere <laughs> else now i
0: need to go in a different direction <laughs> exactly exactly what are some other things i guess that really like stood out to you in the discussion
1: Um, you know, he talked about, I mean, there are so many notes that I took. Um, there was something else that he talked about and let me see. It was, oh yeah. He talked about trigger. I remember he talked a bit about that. Um, there, when he said that, I thought about myself, but i mean he's tr- he was talking about being triggered in a totally different way me, my trigger is just comes from my own self esteem issues, so sometimes I will avoid watching shows where I see university students or high school students um participating in science affairs or math league or debate you know i 'll avoid those specific scenes or t v shows surrounding people that are just highly academic, because it's just like, I think to myself, why didn't I do that in high school? Why didn't I do that in university? Mm. And then it starts to make me feel like, okay, because I see those scenes, I start comparing myself to these false characters. And I start thinking, you know, back on my life and I start forgetting completely everything that I have achieved. And so there are like certain things that I, I thought to myself, like, you know, even though this is small, it's nothing like what he went through you know, I still have to take into consideration that it has some sort of effect on me and I have to just live in the present moment, like what he talked about. He's like just living, you know, right here, right now. That is, that is ultimately important. Yeah. You know, being proud of yourself.
0: Absolutely. Exactly. That's a great point there. And we all have different triggers that will trigger like old traumatic things or things will pop up in our mind that don't make us feel good at all. And kind of Mm -hmm. going through that and really like understanding, I guess, that's normal, it's going to happen and sit with that moment and either have like like ha- like Siku was saying that, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes I, whatever you need, like he asked his wife for a hug as he was saying, he's like, I just needed a hug or mm-hmm. he said, I'm just having a blue day. I really like that. I'm having a blue day and he's just like, I need to meditate or do whatever I need to do. And mm-hmm. then a great other thing that he said is if that moment of feeling sat with me for three or four days or longer, I mm-hmm. know I then I would go and ask for help. So, yeah, knowing your boundary, knowing when you need to ask for help too, if something pops up in your mind that you can't deal with, I think that's a really great like meter to sit with yourself. You're like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. after a certain point, I know I can't do this alone.
1: You know, that was also something else that touched me when he talked about, you know, just being able to hug his wife and receive that comfort. Something like that happened to me where I just kind of had a mental breakdown and my boyfriend without judging me, hugged me and uplifted me, you know? So when I listened to that, it brought me back to that moment and how necessary it is to have that support and somebody who really, really is willing to engage with you and see you in a way that you don't see yourself.
0: Yeah. In a moment, in a, in a vulnerable moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really love that. Mm-hmm. I guess now I'll read some of the responses where some people ask some questions. I'm going to listen to this. So the first one <laughs> is from Rebecca. From Slovenia, this is what she said. How can we challenge ourselves in a healthy way out of a traumatic experience? Oh wow! Yeah, that's a how very can, how can we challenge how can ourselves? Because we... I think I think giving this a backstory, like you know, from the episode, CQ mm. was talking about, like um, you know ways that he overcome the the Mm -hmm. and like getting out of it, he'd have to challenge Mm -hmm. himself. But Mm -hmm. I like this question when it's like in a healthy way, how can we challenge ourselves out of a traumatic experience?
1: I mean that one um the only I do have a response for it, but it's based it's mostly based on seeing how my aunt came out of her trauma. My aunt, she had the same childhood as my father, where she was physically and mentally and verbally abused to the point where she became a prostitute um, at a very young age. And um, I didn't know about any of this. I, when I grew up with my, when I grew up, I saw my aunt, the RN nurse who owned homes and was helping people. I didn't even know this backstory about her. So I became curious, how did you do this? And she said, um, she said she would just yell at people, go off on people for no reason. And she said one day, um, she said one day, she just randomly, she said someone asked her a simple question. She said she doesn't even remember what the question was, but she remembers going off on them, just yelling at them. And she said in that moment, she said, um, I have to change because the person ran off. The person took off and didn't want to deal with her. And she said to herself, if I keep doing this, I'm not going to have anybody around. So she said it was very, very difficult, but she says she went to so many different meetings. As much as it hurt her, she said she had to go to several different meetings. She said she went to sex, like sex, sexahol- not I think sexaholics anonymous. She said she went to, um, she wasn't an alcoholic, but she went to Alcoholics Anonymous, I think to better understand her mother. Um, she even went to, I think she was able to meet some people, um, at a church that she was visiting. Um, and she also, I think she went to like traumatic, like I think childhood traumatic meetings as well. She just kept going and she didn't, she, her going, she said it was the first step, but she said it was just too difficult to the point where she wanted to give up. Um, and she said over time, she was able to get better, and even though she wasn't fully mentally recovered, what gave her joy was you know going to school, doing things for herself, and even um, you know, taking time out to really relax and stay away from the drama, to stay away from the things that have been harming her all this time. So she one of the healthy things that she does is she does give herself, um, just like CQ said. She does give herself to helping people, but she also creates a boundary. She creates a huge boundary because she doesn't want to go, she doesn't want to be reminded of the trauma that she went through. And so, by creating that boundary, she's able to create, to establish and continue a healthy, a very healthy relationship with herself. She is now perfectly fine with being alone. And she's like, if I'm, she's like, I've done what I've had to do on this earth, I'm still helping people, I'm living my life. If I die today, I am at peace, you know, cause she, at that moment when she yelled at that person, she didn't want to be alone in the wrong way, but now she's a, in a much healthier fashion because she was able to draw a line in the sand and she was able to take better care of herself mentally and his, and holistically. So she's really the only person that I've met who has gone through that type of trauma and has been able to come out of it. Mm. You know, and just oh, wow. like you said, there's still remnants of it there. Because yeah. she has, she's, I think she's kind of bipolar, but she admits it and she accepts it. And just like he said, you have to accept it. So, somebody who, you know, at 12 years old experienced sex at a very early age to becoming an RN and owning homes and, you know, having a trust in place and praying and waking up at four o'clock in the morning and exercising and having her own garden looking at that, I'm like, there's definitely a very healthy mechanism to get out of that trauma if you put in the work. Yes. You have to put in the work. You cannot just say, okay, I'll just be like this woman if I just go to these different meetings. No, it's it, you have to put in the work because when you leave those meetings, that's when the real work happens. And that's exactly. what she said was the hardest part.
0: Exactly. That's a great point there. Wow, that's incredible. Um, wow, that's an incredible story. I guess yeah, <laughs> like, you, like you just said, like you know, knowing your boundaries. I think that that's the thing that you know, you ca- someone else can't tell you where your boundaries are. Someone else can't tell mm-hmm. you where your tipping point is. You have to know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm heading in that direction. This is where mm-hmm. I have to I have to create this line right now at this point, so I don't flip back into that direction. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, and like putting in the work, maybe it's not going to all these meetings. Maybe it's getting a like a, seeing a psychologist or maybe Mm -hmm. it's opening up to friends. Maybe it's, Mm -hmm. maybe it's forgiving who you need to forgive. Like there's all these different things Mm -hmm. that that we need to do. But it's like, I think like based on what you're saying, like what your auntie went through, like the continuous work Mm -hmm. that is just being done on a daily basis. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what she is doing. She is continuously working on herself, you know, and she does it in a religious fashion. Not everybody has to do it that way, but that is what worked well with her. Mm -hmm. And it's worked with her to the point where she's now praying for people and people are calling her up and she's still drawing boundaries. Someone else Maybe therapy could work. Maybe venting to friends. Maybe immersing yourself in nature. Yeah. You know, spending time by the water. Um, Changing staying away... your diet. <laughs> you exactly. Know. Changing your diet. If you realize that there are certain music, uh, there's certain music or TV yeah. shows that are toxic, maybe spend a week not watching those things, you know. Just take it a day at a time because it's a process. And you have to enjoy and endure this process. Yeah. And, and when I say enjoy... Yeah, it is. Exactly. It is trial and error. You're figuring things out. to You're figuring these different mechanisms out to help you overcome the trauma in yeah. a very healthy fashion. And it's not going to be easy. So you just have to enjoy this roller coaster ride.
0: That's it. That's it. We're all figuring it out in that sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So our next response is from Kate from Berlin. She said, mm. many of us identify ourselves relative to a traumatic event. How can we separate what happens to us from what we are? Like, mm-hmm. ooh, a lot of so that's that. like,
1: so it's like, how can I deviate from? How can I deviate from the trauma? How can I, well, yeah, not, not, make that not part of kind of identify
0: yourself with it? Like, for example, in the first beginning of the episode with CQ, like I was asking him, you know, how does the identity he 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 He's labeled a mm. labeled veteran, but he doesn't identify himself as one. He was identifying mm. himself. He's like, I see myself as a father, as a as a as a, as a, a yeah veteran, as a all these other things. But mm. you know, that's what that's more what I am. Maybe like my disability or what happened to me doesn't need to mm. kind of define what mm. I what 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 I am. Mm. Okay, in that sense. Because I think a lot of us in the beginning, whenever any traumatic event happens to us, we we, where we're ashamed. While well, we're ashamed, because that's what we think we are. We're like, mm-hmm. you know, we're identifying ourselves relative to what happened. Mm. In that sense, too, that's part of the shame, but other things as well. Um, instead of like, well, okay, this happened to me, but I am not it.
1: Again, you know, one thing that people have to understand that these questions, I mean, we can we can definitely tell people how to do it, but the one thing they have to understand is, is that it is a process. Yeah. Really trying to separate yourself from your trauma, it's not going to happen overnight. So like my aunt, there was no way that after she finished yelling at that person and came to that epiphany and had that epiphany, the next day, did she separate from her trauma? It just didn't happen. No, um, you know, my aunt to this day she does not talk about her childhood. But when she does, um, she doesn't. She talks about it in a way where it's like that happened.
0: Like she's detached. But
1: yeah, like it's she's not completely, that happened.
0: But it's not me.
1: It, exactly, she's one hundred percent detached from it. She can comfortably talk about it without crying my father can't talk about it without crying. Mm. He talks about it because he he identifies with it and it has manifested in his actions. So, I mean, definitely in order to really separate yourself from that trauma, it is, it, it essentially goes back to the first response. It is doing those different things that will over time cause you to separate from that trauma that happened to you. But again, it's, it's a process. You know what I mean? I've met so many different people that have attached themselves to their trauma, to their trauma, to their, you know, whatever. It, it doesn't even have to be childhood, just something that could have happened. And it could be something minor too. And because they do that, they carry that with them. And I have met others who have been able to, you know, separate themselves. But when I talk to those people and I ask them, what did you do to come to this space in your life? You know, they'll say, You know, I've had to just really first off forgive the people who have hurt me. I've had to accept myself as I am and realize, like, okay, this happened to me. I have been behaving this way, you know. So I guess forgiveness and acceptance. And then after that is realizing that you are more than your trauma. You are not, you are above it. You know what I mean? So you are all these other things that you probably don't even realize that you're doing you know, and so that's why you have to take time out each day to really learn about yourself, you know, but it, it's a, it's, it's definitely something that's going to take however much time it's going to take.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great response to that question. Thank you so much, Simone. Mm -hmm. Um, The next, the third response that we have now is from Jonathan from New York. This is what he said. He's like, I guess the hard part here is shifting your trauma into something that benefits you or changing the perspective of how mm. you are looking at it into seeing what you gained from your experience. Mm. So True, Jonathan. I think that's a great point. Like that's, I guess, what CQ was also talking about. Like he had to kind of, you know, when people say, oh, and not that it happened for a reason, but more like, well, what? how can I see this situation to Right now, I know mm. what happened in the past, but how can I look at this—the past situation—that mm. shows that I'm—I, I don't know—something good can still. What good can I get from this? What good can come out of this? So I think for him, like you know, he was talking mm. about how well he's able to help. He's helping a lot of people in mm. army veterans who have PTSD, and he's mm-hmm. working a lot with them. Mm-hmm. Um. And he, that's and you know, had he not had his own experience, he probably wouldn't be able to to do that. And he's doing a lot of good in that sense,
1: mm-hmm. in many
0: different ways. So I guess mm-hmm. in he's able to have you know his trauma and how he mm-hmm. dealt with it is helping mm-hmm. others now. Mm-hmm. I mean, way-
1: definitely. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, you can if you're willing to put in the work, like we said earlier, you can put it, you can change it into something that benefits you and benefits other people. It's just like I said in the beginning, Tiffany Haddish, she was hopping from foster care home to to the next one. And now she's a very successful comedian and actress. And she's also, from what I understand, she said she was learning Japanese because she wants to be in a Japanese soap opera. You know, so, you know, but I mean... You really can you can use that you can use what you've been through to help others. If you have witnessed like for instance, if some we have we have some problems with um, a lack of gun control in certain states, and there are some people who have lost family members and friends as a result of gun violence, and so uh, due to that, you know some people have created grassroots organizations some people have lobbied to congress people and senators to help you know create better gun control to leave to remove these guns that are within certain neighborhoods you know people have gone out and protested you know there's something that usually has to come out of this and so that's a traumatic thing to experience so the loss of a friend because of something that just happened outside of your control So, I mean, if you do take it in and you find a way to benefit humanity, you have done work, you know, but is it going, is it always going to be okay? Are you always going to forgive the people? Are you always going to just be happy and jolly and peaceful? No, sometimes those things will come up. Sometimes those things will rise up. And that is when you have to remember the amount of work that you're putting in to make sure that this happens on such a minimal level. If you have been molested, if you have been raped, if you have lost a family member to cancer, if you have, um, even like, like he said, I believe he said that is,
0: um, his, what, what did CQC? I think it was
1: his 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 wife. wife.
0: cut cut a finger with a knife. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Even something that minor, it's, it is, it is, it is a bit traumatic. You know what I mean? And so those little things, it's like, what can, it's like, you have to find a way to, you know, pretty much alleviate it, you know, just because that happened. It's like, she could probably invent some sort of product to, to, you know, lower that type of incidence. Mm. You know, so it's like that's those things really, really come about. It's just like the seatbelt. The seatbelt came about because there were so many accidents happening on the road. So it's like okay, as a result of those conflicts and issues, a new product was created to safeguard human beings while they're driving. You know, out of many conflicts, there's always going to become there's always going to be a solution. And that basically equates to evolution. And so any mini trauma, traumatic event you go through, it's really up to you on how you want to deal with it and whether you want to evolve from it and you want to use it as a means to benefit your life and to benefit the life of a small group of human beings. Absolutely. So that- or you can succumb to it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I was, was going to say, like, yeah, <laughs> no. I guess it's a matter of how you want to look at it. Like, yeah, you can use a trauma and, you know, go down a, a, a spiral and it'll kind of spiral mm-hmm. downwards and use it like an, against you. Or you can use the trauma and go, okay, no, I'm going to use this in a way that benefits myself and others. Like yeah, it happened to me. It's a really shit thing that happened. It doesn't mean it should have happened for me to benefit others, but it did happen and I'm going to take something good out of this. I'm gonna make this yeah. work in my favor. You yeah. Know? Yeah.
1: Exactly. You have to have that zest, but you have to have yeah. that. You have to have that drive. But it's. You. you I mean, while you're running the race, you're gonna feel good for a moment. Sometimes you're gonna feel like, when is this gonna end? I mean, it's by no means when you know when you are going through something, are you just gonna be
0: able to just get over it immediately? No, you know? of course not. No, especially with really heavy things and that. I guess another thing, too, that people um, don't realize, a lot of people don't realize, but well, there were studies done that really show that we actually, over time, when, when an event happens, over time, we actually don't remember the event for actually how it happened. We change it. Mm-hmm. Our memory isn't, isn't actually correct. So we mm. they're changing an event for actually what truly happened. Doesn't mean we'll change it for the positive or doesn't mean we'll change it for the negative. Like, you know, you change little things here and there or what someone said, mm. how something ended up happening, this and this and that. But I think because our memories continuously change, that is the reason why we're only over time can it, can the pain kind of shift away because the memory shifts.
1: Mm-hmm. you yeah, know what does that does that make it if somebody is succumbing to a trauma that now where the memories are shifted I mean does that make it does that make the situation worse or it's just like it is well, it what could. it is
0: it is what it is but it could make it worse or it could heighten certain things that weren't that or could lessen certain things or it could shift a whole other thing instead of the person said a b c or they said efg
1: Oh, my gosh. A lot of
0: things, yeah. So a lot of a lot of the memory shifting and how much it can change because it changes over time. It keeps changing as well. It doesn't actually oh, stay constant, goodness. yeah. So that was a, I think that's a very interesting point as to maybe why over years and years maybe the the pain or something can either worsen or get better because of our memory. Our memories of it aren't exactly, you know, not correct, I mean, but exactly. I as, mean, as
1: I just wonder, like, um, I mean, with trauma, I'm, I'm, it's just a part of our lives, right? Like, it's just, it's just something that's you can't avoid it.
0: No, you just <laughs> like you deal with it, like, not yes. you just deal with it. Be like, all right, well, how do I deal with it in my favor? How do I deal with it where it doesn't drown me? How do yeah, I, you know, that's the best, Like, that's the kind of what the process and the journey is. How do I deal with it so I don't get sucked down? You know? Yeah. That's yeah. I guess, That's the whole the whole idea of, of of doing that, and the other thing too is that you know if you you know something happens to you, like you said, and you can be like, well, I'm gonna like obviously go through it. Like initially, like I think as me and CQ were talking, we're like, well, let let your traumatic event take over your mind initially. It will, and then it's a matter of, mm. all right, do I allow this process to like do I wallow in it? and continue like mm. getting sucked into it or do I start now coming, you know, it's time for me to come out of it, mm. enough, you know. So it's like, okay, well, how am I, I going to sink out of it? How am I going to come out of this? Like it's like a drain and you know, all the water is getting sucked down the drain. I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm ready in this drain. Am I going to come out of this right now because it's, mm-hmm. it, it's time. And so it's like, well, what do I need to do? Do I need to lie to myself too? I think part of the whole perspective change or memory change is like lying to yourself or trying to go, I don't know. It's, I think it's part of the shifting of the mindset to really, you know, allow something to kind of, all right, to benefit you or to, to gain something out of it. Like, you know, and, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean. I mean, but, I mean, when it comes, when it comes to this traumatic stuff, You know, I mean, yes, I have experience with family members who have experienced trauma, but there are so many different ways Mm. on dealing with it. So many different ways. I mean, I have family members who just have given 100%, given into their trauma, and no matter, there are within anyone's life, there are going to be times when you can, eat, we can when you can get out of it. There is going to be a time when you can get out of it and you can climb out of that hole and you can get the help that you need. Um, I've seen it happen several times to family members where other family members or friends will try and lend them a helping hand and will even offer payment of certain services and they just won't take it. Um, and it's like, well, there's nothing else I can do. I've I've done my best. Misery likes company, and you know mm-hmm. if, if that is where the that comfort is where zone it. is, then that is your comfort zone. I cannot take you out of it. You are the only one that has to exactly
0: dig yourself out. No, the mindset. Yeah, you can't until until you sit with yourself and you're like, all right, I got to look at this differently. Otherwise, I'm mm-hmm. gonna get I'm gonna get stuck into this, and I won't be able to get out. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah yeah so it was really interesting i guess hearing all these different Mm -hmm. responses and like adding to the Mm -hmm. conversation uh you know we hear different questions and it's not to say it's to do with being intellectual but a matter of we all have different experiences and thinking Mm and you know the more perspectives we gain the clearer picture we can develop Mm
1: -hmm. thank you so
0: much simone for coming and joining me on this cafe discussion
1: Yes, of course. Thank you for having me again.
0: I really enjoy being on your show and talking to you. Hun. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you so much. This is this is incredible. I'm very much looking forward to next week. KV, and um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure having this discussion with you
1: yeah likewise i really do
0: if you want me on here again i'm down for it it. (laughs) i love that i love that thank you for listening to the get to know you cafe if you enjoyed this podcast rate review and share the podcast on facebook or instagram you can tag me at get to know you with tiffany barrett be sure to listen to tuesday's podcast and send in your responses for us to include next thursday on the get to know you cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe.